Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. So, ladies, thank you for joining us today. If you have been listening, you have heard Jesse and I in conversation mention that I just returned um, from Uganda, and um, although this will come to you a little later than than when we're recording it, which is um, the month of, of June right now, but today I have the honor to sit down with my um, three friends, sisters, one of them's my mother, no need for technicality, but and you're going to be hearing from three ladies with me here at the table today, Annette Rustin. Uh, Janet Ortega and Debbie Mills. Um, just for some context, uh, we all fellowship in the same house of, of worship together. Janet leads a nonprofit called Rockham International Missions, which is Rockham means it is one of the Hebrew words for compassion, and um, and she can share more about that um, in just a minute. But we had a very particular. Um, Reason for going to Uganda in May, and Janet spearheaded and led that, and we were three who got to uh, follow her leadership and go over and just as two different ministries coming together to work with a number of other different ministries on the other side of the world. And honestly, this is the first time we have all seen each other since we were in Uganda. Um, as you will hear, it, it was a high-stakes mission trip in many ways. It was costly to go on the front end, and we went in a small window of time um, Literally, the the government of Uganda, the country of Uganda, closed um, as our team was leaving, and uh, due to COVID outbreaks, um, even as we prepare for the Olympics, I'm aware that the Ugandan Olympic team is in quarantine in Japan because they have brought uh, the spread of COVID. I'm sure that's true of many countries traveling uh, in for the Olympics right now. But anyway, we're fresh off the African soil, and um, and we're just going to chat about all that that entails. And so I just want to start by reading um, a verse from from Psalm 67. And um, this whole passage is about the the nations. Uh, But in verse 6, it says, The land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. And so I think just to lay the foundation for this, we just got to be part of a big planting in in going. And as we are on the other side of the world, we believe this verse, that the land there will yield its harvest and that God will bless us and that God will bless the ends of the earth. And um, and so with that, Annette, I just want to to ask you um, to step in and, and share um Whatever is on your heart to share about the trip, the process, the going, the coming, the returning, and then we'll just kind of unfold conversation together. Okay. Well, I do feel like it was a God-appointed window that we went in uh, because Janet had taken a team to the very same ministry area in February, the beginning of March, and Debbie actually got to go on that trip. 
uh, Paige and I were not there. And and this trip at that point wasn't even planned. And just through God's uh, pointed timing, He brought it about um, so quickly. And at that point, we had no idea that their country would close again um, and that they would be under such tight restrictions because of COVID. So I do feel like that was the Lord's perfectly appointed time and window of opportunity to go and um, had the blessing. I know Janet will share some of this, but had the blessing of being able to take so many Bibles. Janet, can you share about that? It's just, it, it was just his timing to get the Word of God in their hands. Yeah, so we had uh, we have a goal of every trip for three thousand Bibles, and of course there was such a short span um, in preparing for this trip of really less than a month. Once we really confirmed the dates and that we were going to take a team, and God provided three thousand one hundred and eighty six Bibles Amen. in that amount of time mm-hmm. that we were able to mm-hmm. um, deliver into different hands in Uganda. It's so awesome. Debbie, um, that reminds me of the story of the the man that you gave a Bible yes. to and then also gave your yes. glasses. Can you share that about? Yes. yes. You know, I was blessed to get to go on the first trip in February, and we gave out Bibles then, and I was just blown away uh, with their love uh, uh, to get a Bible. Mm-hmm. I was also so surprised to find out that many of the pastors did not have a Bible, and that was very bothersome to me because uh, we shall know the truth, truth shall set us free, yeah. and here they're teaching others without the truth in their hand. Mm-hmm. So, um, But after that trip, I was at home reading my Bible, and I couldn't find my glasses to read my Bible, and then I put them on, and I thought, oh my word, any of the elderly people that we gave a Bible to most likely are like me and can't see to read, and they need yeah. glasses. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, I'm going to take as many glasses with me when I go. <laughs> so we did take a lot of glasses over there, and um, we was at the farm, and some uh, Bibles had been given out to the farm workers. And I noticed a very older man there, and uh, Paige actually said, Mom, give him your glasses. So I come up behind him. I took my glasses off and gave them to him. And when he put him on, <laughs> the joy that he, the joy, that was one of the highlights of my whole life, mm. the joy he had to be able to read that Bible. And we caught it uh, on in photo. So uh, that was just uh, very exciting to me. Yes. Yeah, because like that, he was an older man that, mm-hmm. that was in the farm. So mm-hmm. not only had he not ever had a Bible, but he finally got the Bible, but then he couldn't see to read the Bible. Yes. And so with, with Miss Debbie giving him the glasses, for the first time in his life, he actually saw the Word of God. Oh, that is so mind-boggling. And it really is. I love, Mom, that you kind of just organically shared a high for you from the trip. And that might uh-huh. be a good way to just frame out our conversation, maybe sharing a high and a low. And I think it's important for our listeners to to know that we we love Jesus, but we are the most normal women with with busy lives here in the U.S. Responsibilities. We are all mothers. We are all engaged in caring for our families, engaged as as business owners, and so um, 
it was not a convenient time to mm-hmm. to go. And as she shared, it was they just returned. Um, so to raise the funds again that quickly, um, or to pay it out of pocket, was just just really something. But I just didn't want anyone to have a false um, assumption about what our lives were like, and that we just were set, you know, like just oh, it's just let's just pick up and go, and it's going to be fine. Like I feel like the trip really was high stakes from the beginning, and so just moving forward, I just wanted I just wanted to share that about us, and you guys are welcome to share anything about yourself or any other context. But just in thinking about a high and low, because there was so much ministry ground that we covered, that might help frame out more of our conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, for me, um, well, I think it's really neat that Annette was really <laughs> supposed to be on the first team. That true, yes, yeah, true, yes. <laughs> and um, she ended up not getting to go. And the day that we left, she tested positive for COVID. Oh, man. True. <laughs> and so, I just love how God already knew that the second trip was going to happen, mm-hmm. and He had already started arranging things for Annette to get to go on the second team, which is just beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it is to me, too, because I really thought when I wasn't able to go the first time, I thought, well, maybe they'll be able to go again next year and I can go and kind of had put that time parameter in my own mind of, well, maybe maybe in a year I'll get another opportunity. Had no idea in another month and a half <laughs> there would be an opportunity. So that definitely was a high for me to even get to go because that was not on my radar and it was just a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things about it is because she didn't get to go on the first trip, the first team, she became our team um, liaison between mm-hmm. me and the families here in the States mm-hmm. and as well as updating Facebook and social media mm-hmm. for us. So mm-hmm. she was a huge part of the first team in seeing all the pictures and hearing all the stories. But then God gave her the opportunity to get to go live it out and mm-hmm. see it firsthand. So mm-hmm. that was super exciting for me. Amen. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Oh. Um, I'll go ahead and share a low, too. Probably the most difficult um, thing for me was the day that we went to the slums. And uh, we had an opportunity. The African Hearts Ministry is just beautiful, and their team is incredible. And they took us into a building where they had what I guesstimate 60 to 80 young boys who live in the slums, most of them just on the street, and and give them a meal every day, every day. And so we got to serve that. And um, the thing that stood out to me there was that we s- filled all the bowls and started passing them out, and there was only enough to feel, to hand out to half of the kids that were there waiting. And so the other half just sat there patiently. And as the others finished eating their rice and beans and watermelon um, with their hands, they passed their bowls back up. We refilled the same bowls and sent them back out. And that was just amazing um, to me. And those kids so wanted to partake of what was being given that they just sat and waited for it to come to them so that they could eat that day. And from that experience, we went to the boys' home where 
Lataya and his team have pulled boys out of the slum who are re- who want to um, pursue a different life, who want to get out and and make some changes and begin education and that kind of thing. And the peace of God that just hit me when we drove onto that property was so powerful. And so the atmosphere was just so completely tangibly different from where we had been in the chaos and the crowded uh, crowdedness of the slum area that it was it was just mind-boggling to me the difference. And to see those boys who live in that home who have everything um they have their basic needs met. They have a safe shelter, safe. Uh, they know they're going to have a meal. They know someone is looking after them and caring for their needs and that is helping them at whatever level of education that they are. Just was incredible to see that difference in such in just a matter of a few minutes from one place to the next. Mm-hmm. Because a couple of those boys, whenever we got to the home, um, from African Hearts Home. Remember, they had only been there for one week. Yes. And yeah. so whenever you get yes. to see the slums and what they were living in just last week and then the transformation in those boys and the song that I get to sing that we we are the lucky ones. Yes, mm-hmm. that wrecked me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful yeah. to see what um, uh, a consistency in love and just providing mm-hmm. the basic needs mm-hmm. that those boys need, the transformation mm-hmm. that they make in just one short week is incredible. Very. Yeah. And um, while they were in in the slums, and if you're not familiar even with that vernacular, just just roughly, Janet, what how would you define the slums for someone? Um, I want them to be able to understand what you're talking about when you're talking about people going into the slums and then people being rescued from the slums. What does that mean? So what that means is um, uh, most of those are born in the slums. Those those young boys are born in the slums or they end up there with um, losing their parents. Most of them lose their parents to AIDS. Mm-hmm. And so there's no one to take care of them. So they're pushed to the slums. And the slums is a part of the inner city of Kampala where all the homeless people gather and they all live there. They have... Um, huge shipping containers that they allow 40 to house in. So 40 of those boys can sleep in one shipping container. Um, there's no restroom facilities. There's no water. Um, it is truly survival of the fittest. Mm. Um, you stay up all night fighting to live. And then what's beautiful about Lataya feeding them every day is they can even take that moment in the community center, that time to rest. So you often, when we go feed the boys, you'll find some of them sleeping in the floor. Um, uh, They're all typically high from huffing fumes to kill the hunger pains. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have been to Skid Row in Los Angeles and... There, it's still not even comparable mm-hmm. to Skid Row to how these people live. Yeah. Prostitution mm-hmm. is yeah. um, the way of life for the girls there. Yes. Um, they prostitute themselves for them to get to eat and then for the children to get to eat. Um, so it's just a horrific life that some of them by choice end up there, but most of them, they're either born there or they go there because they lose their parents. 
Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. On the trip, I had my seven-year-old daughter, and that was the one stop we were not able to make with the rest of the team, uh, just in um, wisdom and in safety. But we were able to go to the counterpart home of this ministry where the girls have been pulled out of the slums and out of prostitution in the slums. And so my daughter and I, along with an artist that was on our trip, got to go and um, create with them all day. And it was just the most pleasant, mm. It totally probably different experience than you all had because we never set foot onto the slums. We just saw the fruit of what you were talking mm-hmm. about, the consistency of mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. And even recently, I've ran across some of these girls' photos and, and stories um, in, uh, prior to when I met them. And they were hardly recognizable um, before the, what, the condition they were in when I, when I met them. And so uh, just in, I'd love to spend more time there if we, if we go back. And this is, we're just talking about one day of one thing that, that we did. So that's slums. We, there were suburban areas that we were in. There were bush farm areas, rural areas that we were in. Um, so I just, I think it's important that everyone keeps an open mind too when you're picturing Uganda because there's a lot of um, pictures um, to the, the landscape of that. Mom, I, kn- I know that you, do you want to share a low moment for, I know that was a hard moment for you in the slums with the little boys. So you want me to share the low moment before the you high can, moment? You can do whichever. Is We're just here saying? and I just know, I just <laughs> I know. better to the high moment yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. The high moment was getting to travel to Uganda a second time with my daughter and my granddaughter. <laughs> and truly there is no greater joy in the world than to see your your children loving the Lord and loving other people. And I also got to take one of my sons with me. And uh, Annette, who's sitting here at the table, her daughter's married to my son. So he actually had his mother and mother-in-law. <laughs> and it was Poor so guy. fun to see that interaction. And and in Uganda, uh, men are not allowed to hug their mother-in-laws. And I thought that was just a joke at first, but that's true. And when Dayton and Annette would hug, or kid with each other. They they had the looks on, the people's faces were so funny. So hopefully they maybe helped to break the culture a little bit while they were there. So that was definitely the high. And of course, always seeing people get their Bibles and just the joy and to know how transforming and how much hope and all the generational blessings to come in salvations from one person getting a Bible, that is a high. The low is the slums, but as Paige said, we go to villages, and Uganda is one of the most beautiful places I've ever yes. seen. It's very lush. A lot of produce grows there. I've heard there's enough produce to feed the world, and I just pray that the government of Uganda uh can help get things moving properly, and the Christians will rise up, and Uganda will thrive under Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is. So when you see the, there's many poor children everywhere, it is heartbreaking. But in the slums, it is more heartbreaking because you don't see that support system. It seems like everywhere else, uh, these families all look out for each other, and there's a strong support system. And as Janet said, many of these kids are homeless and they're just trying to survive and when Latea does bring them to eat a meal every day they are packed in there and it's hot in that room it's sort of dark and they do sniff glue for the hunger pains and the smell is very very strong 
This time they seem more agitated than the other time. So I just sort of sit there taking it all in, and it was very heartbreaking. And as I sit there, I made eye contact with a very small boy on the front row. And he got up and he come sit on my lap. And then he made contact with another little boy who come and sat beside me. And while the uh, the crowd was getting agitated and uh, someone was getting disciplined, you know, they just sit there so quietly in my lap. And um, when they got their food, uh, they just ate a little bit and they gave it away. I thought maybe they're just uh, doing that generosity, and Janet pointed out that they probably didn't feel good, and now that I think about it, they did. And I remember putting my hand on back of one of them, his little, he was wheezing. So it was very heartbreaking, and when I got in, in the meantime, I was holding that when an older kid come up sort of loud and said, that's my boy, make him go to school, and the little boy just looked at him with no expression. Mm-hmm. So I figured that obviously was not his dad, but it just broke my heart because I understand these little innocent boys are literally thrown out to the wolves when they leave there and what they have to endure. So that was very, very hard for me. And when I did speak to Latoya, am I saying his name right, Janet? Latoya. Latoya, thank you. The more I think about a name, the uh, worse I will get. How old do you think those boys were? I think they were like five and six. Yeah. 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 So when I did speak to him about them, he said he actually had his eyes on those two boys to pull from the slums. So. that gave me hope, and I think that's neat the way the Lord works and how the Lord Amen. does pull out those children. And I know God desires for many, many more to be pulled out and set free in the slums to be changed. I think Amen. part of the agitation that you saw that day that was different than the first time is because we added sodas. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they were for sure that we did not have enough sodas. Oh, uh, probably and so. And so the yeah. agitation was to make sure that everyone got a soda because yeah. soda is the mm. biggest gift of all yeah. that you can get in the slums. Oh, mm. That's yeah. probably so. And they got watermelon, yeah. which they usually yeah. don't get. Yeah. But... When I when it was over, they just kept standing up, and I set them down. And one boy said, "You, you sup- they, they told him you're supposed to go with her." And it was very hard because they just looked at me, and neither one of them had much expression, and they were just tired. They were tired from the battle, mm. so I prayed for them that that was very yes. difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, in in many ways, Steve, I, I think it's very difficult to to talk about it because all of these stories are unfinished. Yes. And and that's why I started with the verse that the land will yield its harvest. And, and, um, and so even as we just think about these things, our spirits are just praying, God, continue the good work that you're doing there. Maybe, maybe Latia was able, able to pull those boys out before the, yeah. the COVID lockdown. We don't know, but, but we pray for, for that. And, and I just, to make, to connect this with our listeners, um, ladies, because an entourage, what we're about is is connecting women to the Lord and to the Word, and really equipping you with with what your your call is. And yes, someday I hope we get to take a and Janet will lead an entourage Amen. trip. Amen. Yes, we uh, will. We kind awesome. of practiced that. It was pr- mm-hmm. on the first leg of this. It was basically like <laughs> ten ladies and uh, three guys <laughs> to, <laughs> to help help take care of us. But bet uh, I saw her reading the cover of your of your book just now. But Janet has a really interesting anointing, and I think this is going to encourage someone. Um, 
we all operate in different things and similar things here, but Janet has an anointing for the nations. Mm -hmm. It is not Mm -hmm. just Uganda. Mm -hmm. She goes different places, and it's not what you would, it's not that she's the one, not that she's not able to, but it's not the one that she, like that she's standing up preaching or leading the worship, Mm -hmm. but she has an administrative and logistical anointing to step into a culture at any place, any time, and and kind of discern truth and yeah. and be able to communicate in ways that you just literally could not do it mm. unless you're anointed to do it. Mm. And um and so mm. I'm just sharing that to say to those on the other end of this listening who are thinking how could how could God use me when we think about ministry looking like like this very particular thing. Janet has a very particular and unique anointing mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. able to pick up and go yeah. from mm-hmm. one nation to the next nation mm-hmm. yeah. and get work done and lead a whole team of people through quickly mm-hmm. and effectively. Mm-hmm. And it's very different. And so I'm just saying yeah. that to encourage our listeners. Like one, if you're administratively gifted, you're an asset in the body of Christ. Yes. And um, and I don't know that necessarily long term Uganda has been on anyone's radar. Um, you know, for many, many, many years, I think that you'll find it true that sometimes God gives people a nation, mm-hmm. and sometimes God equips hearts for the nations, but we know as believers, we are called to pray for our brothers and sisters abroad. So regardless of where you find yourself on that spectrum of not of feeling maybe very compelled right now to dive into the middle of whatever this conversation is we're having, or mm-hmm. just thinking, man, I, I don't have any interest in going, just know that from wherever you sit, you can and you're hearing these needs that we're talking about, you can pray and you can impact the harvest of, of nations for the gospel. Um, yeah. So anyway, sorry to interject that. I just wanted to, mm-hmm. to throw that yeah. out there. In part of a study that I started this morning, actually, um, God has taken me back to some beginnings um, for the next month um, just to quiet me and to make me rest. One, because... I have been in three different countries in the last three months for four months. And <laughs> yeah. It's taken a little bit of toll on my body. But um, one of the key um, points this morning that I studied was, um, and just following up on what um, Paige was saying, is we are all called to be mighty servants of God. We are all called to be mighty servants of God, to be turned loose on this globe in the great name of Jesus. Mm. So... Wherever you find your place on this globe or wherever God's calling you to on this globe, you are to be a mighty servant of God. And to be called as a mighty servant of God is the highest calling that anyone could ever have on their life. Mm. And so if you think about that and no matter what your gifts are, I encourage you to pray that for you to have the courage to pray to God and be bold to ask God to increase your gifts and ask Him to bless your lives. Ask Him to pour out His favor on you um, because, again, our title is to just be servants of God no matter we find, where we find ourselves. That's right. And, and it was so neat there because there was such evidence and so neat to see the gifting of our team 
that we all brought gifts that the Lord used and uh, how he just perfectly put that together. This time we had a nurse with us and she was so needed and uh, just relationships that are built that are uh, everlasting are even, even amazing. Yeah, because one of the things in um, being a servant of God is we know that we cannot ever, whatever God calls us to, we can never do it alone. That's true. And so the importance of taking teams when we do it is is, is a connectiveness mm-hmm. of all of the gifts because mm-hmm. I might have the gift of administration and coordinating all of this, but like Paige said, I don't speak and I'm not the worship leader. Mm-hmm. But but you can't you cannot to take away from you in any of those areas. You're a powerful minister in many ways. I just was painting this one very unique anointing that yes. you have. Yeah, yes. but I just want to encourage you that no matter what your gift and your calling is, like um, Debbie was saying, the team as a whole brought the connectiveness together mm-hmm. of all of the gifts of mm-hmm. the Spirit, and we mm-hmm. operated all together. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful, it's it a beautiful, beautiful how it God is. puts it all together. It is. It really is. Janet, as you think about highs and lows, what comes to your mind? Oh, absolutely. My low was um, I got really sick about two or three days in with a high, high fever and throwing up, and I had to go into the clinic or the hospital and get an IV. And so um, because of that sickness, I had to miss hearing my husband speak for the first time in a church setting, and it broke my heart to have to miss my husband, one, because I wanted to hear him so badly. I've been waiting for 24 years for this, and two, I knew how hard it was going to be for him to have to get up and speak without me there. Mm-hmm. So definitely my low mm-hmm. was missing out on mm-hmm. being there for my husband. Mm-hmm. And Janet, just as a point of encouragement for ladies who maybe walk passionately with the Lord and their husbands are not in the same place right now and that maybe they even feel like this incredible calling and think, oh, I can't do this because my husband's not on board. You just talk like briefly about God's faithfulness to well, just kind of what has happened quickly in that yeah. sense of bringing Pat along finally to um, to be your partner in yeah. what God has preordained from the foundations of the yeah. world. So 24 years ago on October the 10th, I gave my life back to God and I told Him that I would do whatever He asked me to do to keep my family together. Um, I didn't have any idea how hard that was going to be, mm. but... The strength of God can truly get you through anything. So we've walked through many, many things together as a husband and wife. For 24 years, we walked unequally yoked. And um, if you've ever been in an unequally yoked situation, you can understand that you agree on absolutely nothing in your (laughs) life. You Mm -hmm. agree on absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. pertaining to your children. Mm -hmm. You agree on nothing pertaining to how you're going to raise them, your finances, to go to church, Mm -hmm. to not go to church, to pray Mm -hmm. with your kids, to not pray with your kids. It's very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But God gave me a promise 24 years ago that me and Pat would do ministry together one day. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I always stood on that promise. And no matter hard, how hard things got, I would be like, but God, you said mm. we would do ministry together. Mm. So 24 years um, advanced, we, um, on November the 
1st of 2020, Pat accepted Christ as his Savior. And on the first trip to Uganda, which he said he was never going to go to Uganda, um, (laughs) on the first team, (laughs) he got filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in Lake Victoria. Um, So I just want to encourage you that if you're not... If you're in, an, if you find yourself in an unequally yoked place, to have the courage and the mm. boldness to ask God to um, yeah. give favor to your husband for the things mm-hmm. that He's called you to. Mm-hmm. So I always pray that that Pat would have favor, even if he wasn't ministering or serving the Lord, mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. would be. Um, encouraging to me for what God had called me to because I knew a long time ago that God had called me to missions and Pat was not for missions at all. Mm. Um, and so here we are. He's been to Uganda twice and Nicaragua <laughs> once already <laughs> this year. In less than a year. He's kept, he's ex- exponentially working. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So the first trip to Uganda was very much God working in his life. And Miss mm. Debbie saw mm-hmm. him the first trip, yes. and then he, she saw him the second yes. trip, yes. and it was it's totally mm-hmm. two different people. Yes, um, just an amazing work that God's done in his life, and now we have the opportunity put before us last night to even get to go to Belize soon. And before Pat would have been bummed out, oh my gosh, she's going to go somewhere else, and just. <laughs> All drudgery, and he jumped up off the couch last night, and he's like, "Oh man, we get to go to Belize and build a pediatric ward." So, Praise God. Amen. never give up when Amen. God gives you a promise. Sit yes. it in your mind, and no matter what you're walking through, how hard it is, the difficult mm-hmm. seasons of life, yeah. keep the promise at the forefront of your mind, and mm-hmm. keep keep seeking God through it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And and Pat was my daughter's personal candy dealer. I noticed she didn't eat much on the trip, yeah. and but then I like noticed this rhythm of she'd be like, "Can I go knock on Miss Janet's door? I need to talk to Pat." And I'm like, "No," and she's like, "I need a candy refill." And she didn't spend much time at the the seat of the bus that I was at. She was she was very busy and had places to be. But she one of her favorite M&Ms. places to be was by. Uh, Mr. Pat mm-hmm. there, her personal candy dealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, but that was a beautiful morning. Pat, would, Pat, I mean, I'm sure that grew Pat to speak with you, not mm-hmm. there, thanks mm-hmm. to technology. Yes, you got to see, mm-hmm. to, to see it in some measure. And he just did a phenomenal did. job. Yes. And that was he beautiful did. to watch that harvest yeah. um, that, that you'd sown in faith for all those years. Amen. And, and you did get to see him minister to the men at the farm village. I remember mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't yes. remember what, how that fell in our schedule, but just that was a beautiful <sighs> sight too. Yeah. And so yeah. I hope you guys are encouraged by by this. It's on the other so end. sweet to see him. And when we were at PCA, remember, mm-hmm. which is the, the high school that our our primary liaison over there that works with Janet is a doctor, Pastor Emma, who also yeah. runs a school called PCA. So that's what she's talking about. Yeah, and the the women got to take all the girls upstairs in a big area ministering to them. And I just walked out on the balcony, actually. Um, Foster and I walked out on the balcony to give Foster a break for a second, and we looked over the edge, and Pat was ministering to all the boys down there. Yeah. So I did eavesdrop on my husband to listen to what he was telling them, but it was beautiful to watch. That's okay. You're allowed to eavesdrop when it includes the gospel. It's, <laughs> like, right. it's allowed. Um, so back, so bring it back kind of to highs and, and lows. Mm-hmm. So um, who else wants to anything? Well, my high... My high is always, always putting the Word of God in people's hands that don't have Amen. the opportunity. Yeah. Amen. And 
um, getting to bless them were the word, but I we have uh, several videos of women just dancing and singing mm-hmm. and shouting, and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it is always mm-hmm. the high yeah. to yeah. Um, yes. watch someone get to have a Bible in their hands that mm-hmm. think that they will never own one. Uh-huh. So um, and it is beautiful to watch yes. a sweet little elderly lady singing dance at the top of her <laughs> lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my high is always mm-hmm. putting the Word of God in people's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think um, <laughs> there's a farm village that they do a lot of ministry in, and by they I mean Dr. Emma's various ministries in Janet, um, in, in partnership. There's a, there's a farm where they grow food supplementally for this school, among other things, and they have an, a whole a whole workforce of farm workers there. And so we we spent a day at the farm, and um, and which for some included going and in, in touring. Um, using the bathroom by the banana trees. <laughs> I, my mom and I um, chose to go further out. Janet took us further out because we're super modest, and we were like, we cannot go to the bathroom here. We can see people. So, like, we knew snakes maybe further out, but we were willing to risk the snakes. <laughs> then, like, drop That's our right. britches That's close right. to our sisters. And this is a side note. I feel like right. laughter is good medicine for the soul. So, well, I went first. This is not my high. This, I guess, would be my physical low. That physical low. I'm like squatting by the banana tree and my mom's supposed to be like kind of watching guard and guarding me. And mom's like, oh, it feels like paradise here. And I'm like peeping on my ankles and it's awful. And so as soon as we sit in like hoping snakes don't come up and bite my bottom. Anyway, it was all, all hilarious. And then once we switched out, I was like, oh, it's like paradise. <laughs> but when the team went off to do that, Foster and I stayed back. And again, with my friend uh, Jamie that, that does a lot of art that is from from here entourage and also goes to church with us at Victory. We stayed back to hang out with the farm workers, kind of unintent just organically came about as a doing coloring and a craft with kids, but then the adults all came around mm-hmm. and and then that turned into a, an opportunity to walk through um, a soap, which we do with an entourage, you know, that's a way that we teach studying the word. And this was before they'd all got their, their Bibles. So we had one Bible and, and one lady would read it and our interpreter would interpret and it was Psalm 23. And, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of asked what, what stood out to you and, and not knowing where, you know, how well they knew that or didn't know. It. And it was just neat to see, um, the, the Holy Spirit speak to each of them and go through that process with them about, um, about what was so profound from the passage. And um, and so that was a very obscure mm-hmm. moment, but probably one of my favorites because it, I can just picture all these people lined up on the side. I mean, not all, it was a small amount of people, seven, eight people lined up on the side of the building in the shade. We'd colored, we'd beaded, and now we were just talking through Psalm 23 and and just the innocence of their asking questions and sharing ideas, probably one of my favorite. Um, favorite times on on the trip, and and I think in in general it probably a lot was a lot of the more obscure moments that that were most profound to to me. I held a lot of babies on the trip. That's not my normal. I'm really not a kid person. I I mean they're fine. I love kids, but that, I'm not like that's hard work for me in kid ministry. That's not like my normal flow of serving. But I have a, a seven month old baby, so part of that too may have just been my 
uh, rhythm of life right now. There's a baby that needs to be picked up, so I'm going to pick it up. And and so sometimes I may just have been off kind of from the central parts of what was going on and holding a, a baby, but even just thinking about you never know how one prayer is going to change someone's life. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm getting to hold this baby to command a blessing on it in the name of the Lord. And yeah. this baby is going to yes. be raised up to be a Lataya or a Dr. Mm-hmm. Emma. And you just never know. Right. And so yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I, those were meaningful moments. Um, it's hard to pinpoint. I, mm-hmm. I asked you guys why I'd made everyone go first on their high and low because <laughs> I, I uh, wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So um, what else mm. have we covered? All of them. I've not shared a low. <laughs> I will, but have we have we all covered a high and low? I think I, a high for me was the church service that we had at the village where the farm is. After yeah, I agree. we we spent mm, the day um, traversing the banana trees, yeah. <laughs> cutting them the, down, cutting. Yes, we harvested bananas with machetes and <laughs> and uh, took a tour of the farm. Walked all down there, and Paige and Jamie mm-hmm. and Foster had done the coloring, the Bible study, all that. We um, got to give each of the farm workers a set of boots so that they would have rubber boots to to be able to better manage things as they were working in the fields. And um, then we there was also at the same time a medical clinic going on just what would be, I guess, a couple of blocks from the farm. And um, anyone from that village could come there and had a variety of things uh, treated. And then that's where Pat shared with the men um, at when we all got there, um, they broke into groups of men and women, and and some of us were able to sit with four or five different women um, and pray with them. And an interesting thing there, I, a woman in my group was a, a, probably in her 60s, I'm guessing. She used to be a teacher. She was retired and uh, shared with me that she, when I asked what I could pray for, with them, she shared that she had two sons at home that were mentally disabled, and they were adults, and um, just talked about some of her concerns with them and the things that happen daily with them. And I just thought, you know, of all people for me to be sitting on the ground with in a foreign country, someone I would have never seen, and and I have a son at home who is physically. Um, impaired currently from an accident and um, for me to just get to love on that woman mm-hmm. and just pray over her in similar ways that I pray over my own son mm-hmm. at home and just get to be the arms of Jesus wrapped around her. So that was that was a high. And then um, after we did that, we went behind the medical building to I don't know what do you call that building. That's their church. It was yeah, yeah. it was a church. Yeah. It was it was a board building. It, was, it, was, with it used roof. to be a chicken coop or like a chicken shed. Would, okay, so be it, like a it, dilapidated barn in our right. in a pasture that you stumble yes. upon from yeah. like the nineteen. Yeah. I mean, yes. but it's not. But that's what I compared right. to an old metal barn. It's yeah. just got some frame, just some to stick it. framing with yeah. some little yeah. pieces of metal on it. But that is actually that yeah. that is their church building for yeah. now. 
So it provided a place of shade because yes. it had a roof over it, and mm-hmm. but the sides were not closed, so the air could, you know, mm-hmm. come flow right. through there, come and go. But and I don't know how big that was. I'm not good at estimating sizes, but all I know is that every inch of it was packed yeah, out with people, yeah. bodies, uh, yeah. all of us, the team, and many people from that area that I understood are pastors. They're pastors, yes. That yes. was a pastors' conference for the Farm Village. Okay, and that yeah. was probably that will stand out as one of the most amazing yes. church services yes. I've ever experienced yeah. in my life. Yeah. Just the beauty of the praise, and um, at the one, Muslim leader that was there. Remember? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The village chief there at the farm is a Muslim. Yes, um, we did learn at that church service that all of the voodoo shrines have have technically been closed now in uh, the whole village. Well, these are shrines <laughs> where child sacrifice was going on. Yeah, I yes. mean, even I mean, recently, recently, yes. Yeah. So um, it's really a fruitful, mm. a fruitful soil. And mm. though the chief has not yet surrendered his life to mm. Christ, he is working with the born against. That's how they would mm. identify in Uganda. Uh-huh. How I identify now, I think, yeah. <laughs> rather than uh, using the term Christian, he's working with the born against because he sees the fruit of what is coming when they come to the land. Mm-hmm. So even just right now, if you just pray for that that chief mm-hmm. and and his wife that they would come to to know the Lord, I think great things are ahead mm-hmm. in that village. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So we've seen a, a drastic change in the in the farm village since we started going. Whenever we first began in the farm about five years ago, we we just took like a hundred Bibles there, and um, there were the voodoo shrines literally everywhere, mm. and they were still child sacrificing, and um, it was predominantly voodoo there instead of predominantly now believers. Mm. Um, Muslims are believers, but um, just the impact of sowing the Word of God there, we've just seen huge impact with Amen. every time we go to the farm, we we take Bibles, 100 Bibles, 200 Bibles, 500 Bibles. The first trip, we took 500 Bibles and um, just sowing the Word of God into these villages. You see um, sp- spiritual change and physical change mm-hmm in the entire village. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, in in leaving Uganda and understanding that in their lockdown there makes ours look like not much of a lockdown mm-hmm. here. Yeah. They literally really can't even leave their house. And if they require transport, it's hired out. And there's even questions about if they'll be able to make it back to their house for the same price they pay to leave their house two people at a time to go get food if they have the money to do that and so on and so forth. But all of these obstacles, and at the end of the day, you just do have to trust in that the Word of God is the most mm-hmm. powerful and life-giving thing in, right. in the world because right. they are up against so much need and so much obstacle. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was even telling Mom yesterday that just challenges me in my own mm-hmm. home, like, if I, with needs that I face, whether in parenting or whatever, do I believe and practice in faith, reading the word out loud in my home, trusting that all power and all life is in the word yeah. and my in faith mixed with the word? Yes. And so I, there, there's more to, there's more to this. We, we were talking about pockets of things, and certainly, the relationship between entourage and Rockham will be one that is 
is long and mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. fruitful because there are more women who are called to the nations <laughs> yes. and um, or called to a nation that you may not even know the name of yet, but something about when you get in the Word and you get walking with the Lord— that's what that verse about the Lord giving the desires of your heart. It's the desires that He created for your heart to carry, mm-hmm. not the things that you're holding on to that you think are your desires. There mm-hmm. are there are hidden and unknown things that He is excited to show you, and that may yes. be nations. Yes. I think um, I'm probably not ready to tell this full story yet, but um, and, and it's hard to say if it's a high or if it's a, a low. I think you'll know the nature of what I'm saying when I'm done with the story, but in the kingdom of God, we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God. So everything that does seem low will be brought high. Mm, and yeah. um, mm. so it's hard for me to classify what this is, though it feels, it hurts, it stings, because we have not seen um, the fruit of it yet. Yeah. But briefly, the reason that, that we had gone, we had gone to explore Entourage had gone under Rockham's direction or in leadership to explore a ministry partnership um, with uh, with a, a woman in a ministry there that loves God and, and loves children. And it was very sudden, very unexpected, and um, and that still is a story to, to be continued. But basically, there was this woman, and then there was this woman's mother who were like these pillars in caring for a large number of children. And so one of our days was spent at their premises uh, just kind of exploring that. And at the end of that day, um, her, they, her name was actually Rose, but they call her Old Mama, term of endearment. Um, she was not an English speaker, so she spoke Lugandan, and we were able to go give her a Lugandan Bible. It was literally the last thing we did that day because mm-hmm. I'd forgot to do it the first leg of the of being there. And so um, Old Mama owns all the premises that these children stay in, and she cooks for them and, and just kind of is like a grandma to so many of these children. And so anyway, I'd not have much interaction with her. I think that probably Annette had the most of, of all of us uh, when we were there, but she was so excited. She wanted to read Psalm 23 to us. Again, you see Psalm 23 coming up, and isn't the Lord the shepherd of all nations? He is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she wanted to read it to us in her language. And again, Mom, <laughs> did you give her your glasses? Yeah, the, we did, once again, we didn't have the glasses with us. <laughs> hadn't been shipped in yet. So uh, I ran to the my to the bus. I had two pair, only two pair in my purse, Women glasses. So I gave one to her and one to her husband. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she wants to read. So our whole team is gathered around, <laughs> yeah. and um, she starts to read Psalm 23 in her mm. language, and um, her children, are, her adult children, are interpreting for us. And she's just full of joy mm. and excited. Mm. And um, and it was, in general, it was just a beautiful moment. And then her husband, who was an English speaker, read part of Psalm 23, too, because he was proud and, and excited. And it was great and, and wonderful, um, no matter what. But what we didn't know, but what the Lord knew, is that um, when we would get back to the United States, she would become ill with COVID. It would be found out that she was a type 1 diabetic without the resources that we have here. And ultimately, she has passed away mm. since we left. Mm. And um, even the relationships that were forged there between Dr. Emma and and these women, he was mm-hmm. able to care for her, to be yeah. with her and some of her family during her final moments. But she passed away mm. unexpectedly. Mm. And um, 
Oh, man, I think for all of us, we could just agree that we just feel that sting of death, mm, which yeah. I, re- I like to think of as like stepping on a wasp that is dead. It, it, it has a sting left, mm. though it is, that's all that it has left. If you step on a wasp that is dead, it will sting you, if you did not know that, because it has a, a stinger, so it has one sting left. And so I feel that, that sting of death, but we see that even in that her family has this, because they videoed it, they have this beautiful video of her mm-hmm. declaring that even though she walked through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. she will fear no evil, and yes. just seeing the joy of that. And so... Um, again, just leaning in and trusting, like Psalm 67 says, that the land will yield its harvest, that the Lord is going to bring His blessing, and that that's going to happen at their residence, on their premises, and everywhere with all these pockets of people and ministry that we've interacted with. Um, but but certainly that is, that is something that feels like a low that I'm expecting someday to come back on and testify of a great high yeah. that we see yeah. unfold. And so um, with that, ladies, as we bring this to conclusion, is there anything you want to add? add, Yeah. Yeah. So the high in that, though, page is when we were talking at the very first about the timing of this trip and the coordination of Mm -hmm. such a short amount of time, and we put together a team of 18 and us all getting there and all the COVID stuff happening around us and then all the restrictions being put in place. But... In all of that timing, we got to meet this sweet lady. Yes. And yeah. she all had such an impact on us because yes. of her joy. Yeah. Because of her joy that one day, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so the high of it is, what if we wouldn't have went? We would right. have never met, met oh mama. Right. Yeah. You know, and so the high for me to look at through all of losing her and the hardship of just hearing all of how it happened and so quick that it happened was, but the timing is God led us there to get to meet her and get to hear her read Psalms 23 Yeah, yeah. in Lugandan. It was beautiful. Yes. And yes. I just can't help but wonder if our coming was not an answer to her prayer in some mm, way. She got to have a Bible the, finally Yeah, with and, glasses. And we have <laughs> been diligently praying for her grieving family and all yeah. these children yeah. that now have faces and, mm-hmm. and names. And and so, um, but just to really, to tie that all in, God does see us all. He is mm-hmm. Elroy. He is the God who sees. Mm-hmm. And and I think as even as you hear these stories, it comes back to people. It's really not places. It is mm-hmm. people that God moves heaven and earth to find and minister to and love on the one. And so I think the challenge now is um, kind of growing into our new glasses, so to speak, Mm. adjusting what you see because you can't unsee. It's like like you were brought higher to see a different vantage point that God can see, and you can't unsee it now that there's a whole nation that wasn't on your radar. There are all these people. And— and so you're just your capacity to see has to grow. So yeah. that's where I feel like I feel like I'm growing into my new glasses. Mm-hmm. And that is how I would describe this. So missions are a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. They are for I, I believe it is a great experience for everyone, whether you are called to it perpetually or not. I encourage it. Again, I truly believe we'll make that opportunity available mm-hmm. someday with Janet leading us. But that is my my overall takeaway that I feel like mm-hmm. I'm growing into my new glasses of seeing a bigger picture of what God sees. Mm-hmm. 
Annette, anything Amen. before we close out? Or I, Mom? Just to close our thoughts about old mama, I just can't get away from the very last verse of the Psalm 23, which is she read the whole thing to us, which says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. And Amen. while um, her not physically being on this earth is is missed and is has had an impact on her family and the children there and on us it is just the god it is god's yeah. promise to think about the fact that she is dwelling in his house now forever and yes. so that is a praise yes Amen. Amen. Or Amina, as they would say. Amina. To add that also, you know, we are to have an eternal perspective, and this life on earth is just a vapor. And I think she had that perspective. We know of 85-plus kids that she was caring for, and who knows how many kids before that. Mm. But I think uh, when she got to heaven, God said, well done. (laughs) And I think her rewards were many. And it was so encouraging this last Sunday, uh, her daughter sent pictures. Uh, they're all locked in now because of COVID, mm-hmm. which is very hard for me because I understand uh, in America, we get unemployment, we get stimulus checks, we we have means to get food. Over there, they, their income has stopped and they're carrying many households carry care for many children, not just their household, most, I would say. But anyway, so they've been on my mind and heart as I'm thinking they're all locked in right now. But her daughter sent pictures of the kids reading their Bible Sunday. Mm -hmm. A lot of them just sort of separated in uh, isolated places. And you could tell they're just really meditating and studying the Word. So I know many Mm -hmm. seeds have been planted uh, by old mama and uh, her daughter and husband and all these children, uh, the seeds that have been planted and are going to grow. But I just I found much encouragement seeing they had that Bible in their hand. Yeah. And just briefly, a page talks about uh, soap, uh, what she uses to lead women or people through a Bible study. She had that translated in their language. Mm-hmm. And we went to a lot of work of stuffing them in Bibles. They were, <laughs> and I mean, in suitcases. They were so awkward to get over there. They were heavy. They were bothersome. They, you know, it was very stressful trying to get them over there. But also uh, when Annette talked about that, that village that she loves so much for that church service, when that let out, uh, I, it brought me much joy that everyone there got a Bible because it really mm-hmm. bothers me when someone doesn't. But I got to see my daughter uh, showing them how to do the soap mm-hmm. study. Mm-hmm. And also, as we was loading the bus, I looked over and saw my son, and I could <laughs> tell the way with his body language he was leading someone to the Lord. Uh-huh. So I got to see that mm-hmm. right before we got on the bus. So We've just got to keep an eternal perspective. This life right. is just a vapor, and we just right. got to keep on planting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that said, Annette, would you close us out in prayer? And, and we just meditate and agree that, yeah. and thank God that eternal life has begun um, <coughs> at the moment that we believe in Jesus. And so whether we are separated by death in this life or seas or nations, we are all part of eternal life together in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I was just thinking as we were talking that um, if this has stirred you, if you as you've listened in any way, and you're wondering, well, what can I do, or how can I pray, or what what do I pray? I just want to encourage you that anything you would pray and ask the Lord for for your family, you can easily pray and ask for God's family around the world. We are all His children. And if it is something that you would ask the Lord for, for your own children or your own uh, family, your own parents, your own marriage, it can be prayed and asked for his children everywhere that they are. And specifically this morning as I was reading, the Lord took me um, to the verse that talks about him being a father to the fatherless and to the orphans and um, that he is the comfort to the widows and widowers. And as we've talked today, you have heard through our stories that there are many who are fatherless or motherless, and there are are also many who have had spouses that have passed away. And that is one place that you could pray there for the comfort and for the provision of these who are without either their life partner or the parents who would... Um, normally provide and support for them. That's a great place to pray. And then also um, Psalms 91, we pray that over ourselves a lot, that our foot would not be dashed against a stone, that no, um, that nothing could come against us or harm us, no pestilence. All of, all of those things, those are wonderful things to pray, especially right now for the country of Uganda as they um, face COVID issues. Um, that they would be saved and that there would be nothing, <clears throat> excuse me, nothing that could overtake them or harm them. So just some thoughts to guide you as, as uh, you process this out with us. We're still processing. And as you think about, well, what, what could I do or how could I make a difference? Um, and uh, just invite you to go to the Lord in prayer with us. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are just so thankful for your grace and mercy, for your faithfulness to all of us everywhere. I thank you, God, that the same uh, Jesus who died on the cross for my sins and for the sins of those at this table with me is the same Jesus that died on the cross for people everywhere, the ones that I will meet and the ones I will never meet. So we just thank you for your grace and that you are available to anyone, the word says, who would call upon your name. And we call upon you today, Jesus, and we just ask you now to... Um, to just undertake and bless the people of Uganda, Father. I pray specifically there for those who are frontline workers who are working um, in the medical facilities and other areas to, to meet the needs of those who are sick. I just pray, Father, that you would lift them up, that you would strengthen and encourage their spirits, Father, that you would give them um, the rest that is needed when it's needed, and that you would supply the strength that is needed when it is called on. And we just thank you, Father, that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, um, I think I said that backwards. <laughs> anyway, you know, you are there and nothing is too hard for you. There's nothing that is out of your reach or your grasp. And so we just pray your grace and mercy over the people of Uganda. 
we just pray, Father, I, I know that as you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, that you have plans to prosper and not to harm every person that we laid our eyes upon. And so we pray, Father, that as your word is is preached as the Bibles are handed out, that that living and active word would take root as we have seen changes, as Janet mentioned in that one specific village, that those those roots, those seeds would go out and spread over the country and bring many to you. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. It's in your name that we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 